is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Happy Tuesday. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody had a great weekend. <clears throat> still, still choking back some turkey here. Hold on a second. It's the Eric Francis Show. Thanks for joining us. We do it every Monday. I know it's Tuesday, but... Uh, we felt we had too much to talk about to uh, give this week a, a miss. So uh, Brad Tree Living will join us in about half an hour's time. Ryan Leslie will join us off the top to talk about camp. We just had a very interesting chat with uh, Daryl Sutter in the hot stove uh, or in the media lounge here. Uh, he had some interesting things to say about the captaincy or lack thereof uh, here in this city. And uh, I'd like to, to go through uh, some of that in a second. But just a reminder, first, uh, Brad Tree Living is going to be joining us in a bit. And uh, we had Brian Burke on, what, two weeks ago, and we announced, or no, it was last week, and uh, we announced that we're doing a charity hot stove. And uh, the details are all out now. If you want to buy tickets, it's 100 bucks. That includes your dinner. It'll be Brad Trilliving, uh Brian Burke, myself, and a couple of special guests uh, that Trilliving is working on and uh, I am endeavoring to work on right now. And um, it's going to be an all-star cast. Uh, of uh, of speakers, and we're just going to tell great stories. Not me. It'll be largely those guys telling great stories and lots of laughs, all off the record. Uh, it's going to be at Rooftop, YYC, just downtown, right across from the Westin there, Supreme Menswear. And it's uh, for 100 bucks. You know, we've done this about eight times, nine times. It's all for uh, Kids Sport Calgary. And the link is up. If you go to Eric Francis uh, on Twitter there, you'll see the link uh, where I mentioned it. Uh, and I'll keep posting it throughout the week. But uh, tickets are going to go fast. And uh, I want people to uh, to come out and enjoy and see these guys buttoned down just to, where they're really telling some great stories that they wouldn't otherwise be able to tell uh, in front of a camera or uh, or microphones uh, here at the building. It's a, it's a very casual setting, and it's a lot of fun. So please join us. And also the Pizza Pig Out. Tickets are still on sale uh, for the Pizza Pig Out October 27th. So I should go back. The hot stove is on the 26th. A day later, we'll be raising more money for Kids Sport uh, with the Pizza Pig Out. Uh, tickets at ericfrancispizzapigout.com. And uh, that is going to be, we're going to have five, six, seven hundred pizzas there from all over this city. Get a chance to uh, sample as many as you could possibly. I know you don't want to hear this right now after Thanksgiving. And uh, you're thinking, I just ate way too much on the weekend. I can't think about mountains of mozzarella right now. But... Trust me, when it comes around time by the 27th, you're going to w- wish that you uh, had bought tickets in advance. So uh, join us, please. Uh, Daryl Sutter just came up to me and said, I got my invite. Can I bring Chris? So Chris Sutter will be there. Daryl Sutter will be there. Uh, Brad Tree Living will be there. It's a who's who of the Calgary sporting scene. Uh, so you can uh, pull these guys aside, ask them some questions uh, about the team, about pizza, whatever, the, whatever you want. It's all at Cowboys, and it's all – for a great cause uh, with kids sport. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll take you to uh, what Daryl Sutter just said about the captaincy. And, and it's a bit of an old debate that we've had in this city for the last year, year and a half. You know, should they name a captain? If they did name a captain, who would be the captain? Who should be the captain? And people have different thoughts on this. And I welcome your thoughts uh, on the fan feedback line at 960-960. Um, but, you know, Sutter said today, there's no need to name one because there's no one who's obvious. That has been my take for the last year and a half. There's no obvious one, and there's no need to, to, to uh, name one. As a matter of fact, I would, I would submit to you that Daryl Sutter may be the captain uh, of this team, generally speaking. 
Okay, there's uh, Ryan Leslie just stepping in here to join uh, the discussion on this. But uh, I just thought it was interesting that he basically came down and said, look, kind of enough with the enough with the speculation and the talk. We don't need one right now. There's no obvious one. I agree with that 100%. I, I'm assuming you do too, right? With the captaincy? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm probably uh, on side with that. And it, it, last year, I didn't really feel as though, Eric, that it uh, was ever a distraction. I didn't no. feel it was an omission. I didn't feel it was an issue. Um, and they had to go through the things. I thought Daryl was interesting on it today. Yeah, and he, and he had too. some great points. And he, almost, and he mentioned, as he does, and you know the value of of those uh, that have won the Stanley Cup. Uh, certainly in here. I think he said seven. I'm just going by what he said. I haven't looked seven at cups, it. Seven cups, yeah. Seven cups. Mm-hmm. And and those guys that have won don't really need it, but they're wearing that seat, and it stands for cup. And those are the guys who've got it, right? And, and he so said they don't need the, they don't need they don't a captaincy. Need it. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because in one breath you talk about the importance of it, and he said how hard it is, and I apologize if you just talked about wearing that in Canada, that letter. And then later he would say it's just a letter. So it's interesting how you can spin it because sometimes it's just a letter, you don't need it. But in Canada he made that point of how difficult it is to carry that. As he said, you don't want to be carrying the cross around. Uh, he he with used that the burden. word burden. Yeah. You know, he said in Canada, it's, it can be a burden. Mm-hmm. Can be, I think, is a key part. Like, I don't think it always is a burden. No. And I, I followed Certain up and markets, said, too, right? Montreal, yeah. it's certainly a thing. Um, There's a cachet. I mean, hey, I think it would be the biggest honor of a guy's career outside of winning a cup uh, if you could be named a captain. And I bet you Daryl would admit that when he was named captain with the Blackhawks, that was probably the highest honor he ever achieved in sport. Could that could that whole thing though have shifted like so many other things? And he talked about this morning about how the game has changed in so many different levels. I wonder the priority of the captaincy. Is it still? That's a discussion for I think fans to talk. Do you need it? Is it important? Uh, is there something that goes with? It? I think here in a Canadian market, you're going to get trotted out to the media a lot more. Uh, you better day. be involved in the community a lot more. Mm-hmm. And that's what he talked about Giordano and Aginla. Um, but I wonder now because. These organizations do so much in the community, and they certainly are available to the media. But I wonder now if we're starting to see this, or will we see it become more of a trend where you don't see one person named? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if this thing is starting to kind of go by the wayside. I'm not suggesting it's not as important, but when you've got players that can do it and you know that the responsibilities are shifting, yeah. I wonder if we start to see one person be singled out. I think I'm with you, though. It's still one of the highest honors in the game. So two things. I, I think one is, uh, A, I, okay, all that being said, and we both agree with them, uh, and I think it's been evident for a year and a half that there's no obvious. There's lots of leaders in that room, but, like, I would submit to you one of the biggest leaders in the room is Milan Lucic. Well, you're never going to name him the captain at his age with only one year left on his contract, right? I mean, mm. but but he's one of the leaders in the room, but he doesn't need a letter. He said, we don't need these guys to be burdened by it. We need them to be great players. The two guys, to me, who are the obvious, who have jumped to the top of the list, and I wouldn't be surprised if later this year they change tack on this and decide to name one, mm-hmm. is either Huberdeau or Kadri, to me. But you can't name them a week in, or two weeks into training camp, and here we are about to start the season. No one's going to be thinking about naming them. I don't even know which one would emerge as the obvious one, and maybe neither will. But to me, that won't be surprising if – three or four months from now, or maybe in the offseason next year, they announce one of those two guys. They're here for the next eight years. They're leaders. You know, one's got a, a Stanley Cup. I, I don't know if you yeah. think that's a possibility. Well, you and I have actually had this conversation, and I think Uberdo is, to me, the front runner down the road. I think mm-hmm. his term, certainly. Me too. The way he carries himself, uh, his presence on and off the ice. Um, you know, he's a veteran of this league, and it won't take him long 
to be that natural for me if they go that route that natural decision i just look at guys like uh cadre certainly backland coleman uh, those are the players to me that just look like they are the you know the perfect fit for an assistant uh alternate captains yeah. um they've done some things in this league certainly a guy like backland has done some things with this organization it makes a lot of sense yeah but to me the front runner if they go down that row is jonathan uberdome yeah uh, we're talking to Ryan Leslie. It's uh, it's the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Big weekend, uh, actually, for Horse Racing Alberta. One of the biggest days at Century Downs is Saturday, when Alberta's best go head-to-head at Super Finals Day. $350,000 in prize winning there, so you want to get down and check that out for sure. Uh, that's Century Downs Saturday for Super Finals. Okay, we're going to have Brad Living join us at the bottom of the hour. My first question is going to be... Good get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not... He, Generally pretty he is shy with the media. Talk to you. Yeah. This yeah, no is one rich. can believe it. One of the first questions I'm gonna ask him, probably the first one is uh Michael Stone. You know, he was out there at practice today, he was skating in that third pairing. Mm. I think everybody saw that the preseason he was probably the biggest story of the preseason. There there weren't a lot of people that jumped out. They were hoping some guys would, like Milano, he never did. He can but I think Stone was, and people love him in the city, and everyone's asking, when are you going to sign? Fantastic and story. I, and I don't think there's any question, there hasn't been any question, that at some point they will sign him in some fashion. I just don't know if it's a minor league contract. I don't know if it's a, I, 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 anyway. So you're basically going to have Living in here with a contract, piece of paper and a pen. You're going to call Stone in, and you're going to broker this thing. Yeah, stay tuned. So that's at the half past, 1230, a live signing. I don't know if it's ever happened here. on uh, Pat, you're, you've been here forever. We ever had a live signing on the air here? Yeah, yeah we did. We have? I, I autographed uh, Ryan's back. Oh, you autographed Ryan's back. I remember that. You know, that wasn't in studio. That was at Cowboys. Yeah. Stone- <laughs> it's a long time ago, Pat. Yeah. Uh, Stone is just a, a fascinating story that everybody's rooting for. Of and course. he's been here before. It's got to be one of the more unique things because it's happening time and time again. And. You know, he's just such a pro and such a good soldier. They know what they're getting, and it does feel as though it's going to happen. I'm curious when you get your living in here and, and you have a chance to chat with him just about, you know, is he happy with what he's got, or does he still feel there's more work yeah. to be done? Yeah. I think he feels there is more work to be done. Not to suggest that this group isn't good enough and isn't going to find the time to jail, but I, I still think he wants to, you know, can they score? Are they going to score enough goals? Yeah. You know, are they? Have they done everything they can on the blue? There's, there's some still some questions here. Yeah. But I think he's done a spectacular job of doing what he's needed, and it's been talked about ever since he started pulling the trigger on big moves. I still think he wants to do more. The blue line, the, he can't do anything more with this blue line. It's, it's great. And now maybe he can trade one of those pieces away to try and land a forward. But this is as deep a blue line as the National Hockey League has. I think. We would agree with that. Yeah, but the, but I'm still kind of fascinated as to you know who's going to play with whom on a regular oh. basis. I think we think we have the answers, but I don't know. Is is who's Zador? Is Zadorov a top four guy? Is he a bottom? Is he a, in that third pairing? And if so, who's he playing with? So it would appear that certain answers. Don't tell Zadorov that he's uh, on that third pairing. He still thinks he's going to play himself into a, a top four pairing guy. Yeah, who's he going to play with? So we'll see. I, I think there's still some some moves to be made and some uh, storylines to watch. Yeah, and I, I still think they they really need a top. I don't know if they need one. They want a top six forward from somewhere else. I, I, I it looks like you know season's going to start on Thursday night. It sure looks like it's going to be Dylan Dubé skating on that line with Majapani, and I wholeheartedly back that promotion. Mm. And I think Dylan Dubé is ready for that challenge. 
you know, I remind everybody all the time. So two years ago, uh, a kid named Mangiapane has 18 goals. Last year, he jumps from 18 to 35. Who's going to be the guy to make that jump this year? Well, no one thinks it'll be that dramatic for anyone. But guess who had 18 goals last year? Dylan Dubé. Can he make that jump to 35? That's a lot to ask for, and I don't think anybody's waiting for him to pop, including himself. He's putting those expectations on himself. He's doing what he can in the gym, on the ice, outside the rink. The mind is set for Mm. things to happen. I think we've been probably been talking about this the last couple years, haven't we, Eric? Where it's time for him to pop. If it's going to happen, we hear Daryl Sutter almost every day talk about he wants to see the answers come from that 23 to 29-year-old group. Mm-hmm. That's where the answers have to come. He's not worried about whether or not Jonathan Uberdo's clicking right away today with yeah. his line mates. He is demanding more from that 23 to 29-year-old group. That's where your answers are going to come Wasn't from. Wasn't that a fascinating sentence? He said, if we don't have growth in that 23 to 29-year-old group, we don't make the playoffs. That's a lot of pressure he's putting yeah. on these kids right in the middle. But they're not kids. 23 to 29, to me, you don't call them kids anymore. No. To me, they're, they're, they've Those been there, done been that. Now, five it's, years. Yeah. now it's time to take that next step. And I think Dylan Dubé is ready for that. I think he'll, he's capable of it. And um, you know, But I still think that this organization is looking elsewhere to see if eh, maybe someone else gets put on waivers, if there's another veteran out there who could maybe help them. They haven't found him so far. So far. Um, and I don't think Tree is going to be forthcoming and say, yeah, we're, we're definitely beating down the bushes for another body. Mm. Uh, he's also got cap issues that he's got to deal with as well. So, well. But the group here that he's assembled, I mean, he's universally being applauded daily, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with media types all over the country, all over the league, but also in this city, people are going crazy. And that brings me to expectations. Because I, you know, I asked Daryl about this again today. Like, to me, expectations shape the narrative in a tremendously different way than last year. Last year we went into camp and we thought, the question was, can they make the playoffs? I don't know. I think they can make the playoffs. They'll probably challenge for the playoffs, right? Yeah. Anyway, they won the division, blew everybody away. So every day seemed like Christmas for the fans. Uh, Every time they'd win two, three, four in a row, it was a bonus for the fans because they couldn't believe this team was that good. This year, they're expected to be that good, period. The general narrative in the city is that this team's better than last year. People are going to expect them to be better than last year. I think that sets you up for some failures along the way. Do you agree? Yeah. Um, I don't know as though they really care about what's being said for outside sure. the room. Yeah. And inside that room, it is all about the postseason. They would love to, like any team would probably dearly love to fast forward and get in the playoffs, but this team is kind of chomping at that bit, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and that's, as Daryl points out, on a regular basis as well, don't set expectations beyond the postseason. You have to get into the yeah. playoffs, and that's their goal. It's easy to say, let's win a Stanley Cup, I, I think, for anybody to say, well, the goal, of course, is to win the Stanley Cup. And you need to manifest that, visualize that, and talk about that, and set that as a goal for sure. But this group, realistically, is under Daryl, gone about uh, you know, a restructuring, if you will, from, and you know, he laughs at the word culture, he laughs at uh, certain words, but it takes time, he said. You know, those things take time, and he's done a great job on doing that. And I think right now the expectation inside and outside has to be playoffs and build. Mm-hmm. Playoffs, build, beyond. Yeah. Second round, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't what anybody wanted, mm-hmm. but it was an experience that I think all of those players will benefit from, and, and that's when your expectations are going to reset. 
I think once you get to the playoffs, of then course. it's a reshuffle. Uh, you know, you're going to reset your expectations. But in hearing anybody right now, it's it's our focus is to make the playoffs, and I found that kind of neat to hear because a lot of times it's when it, when Stanley Cup, of course, but you got to take another step. And I think guys are terrified to say anything other than mm-hmm. we've just got to make the playoffs. If those guys, if there were guys last year who weren't kind of lock and step with that, they figured it out pretty quickly that the coach will not appreciate. But there's guys in there bigger. that have done it, so you, they can say it. Yeah. They can say it because they know what it takes to do it. Yeah. And there's guys who've won multiple cups in there. Yeah, yeah. I had a good chat with Blake Coleman the other day. They're always good chats. He's so isn't he interesting, insightful yeah. and interesting, and he just gets it. I mean, you know. He thinks about could, it too. He's going somewhere. It's oh, not a. Yeah. It's not a cliche. He's he's giving you some some insight. Yeah, he was saying that you know expectate. He, I mean, there's a guy who was in Tampa Bay when they had to defend two cops, right? So he's like, uh, defend one anyway. While he was there, he said, yeah, expectations were huge, and 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 some guys that raises the bar for them. Other guys, they they wilt and they they fall apart. We're about to find out who in this room and who on you know in this organization can go which of the of the two ways in talking to some of the guys that i have just you know away from the cameras and away from the mics just about the idea of a standard that is set here talented players left this organization for sure talented players have come in this organization for sure and there's a different feel around those players and those that were that are still here that have been here for a little while they know it they feel it and as a result you're gonna enjoy yourself have fun be a professional athlete go to work and try and succeed together, there is a standard that is being set here. Certainly, Daryl uh, is where it starts and ends, but with these players now, there's there's some players in here that are not going to let you off easy here because there's some accountability mm-hmm. and there's some structure, certainly, that may take some of the newer guys some time to get up to speed. It may not. We're about to find out. Yeah. But in talking to one player, it says, it will take some of these newer guys a little bit of time. It will take them some time to kind of figure out exactly the intricacies of that system. And then he said that there's one player, and a guy like Nazem Kadri, probably won't take him much time to get up to speed. Yeah. And as a result, long-winded saying, getting back to this word of a standard and some accountability, and I think that is what I think is going to carry them on those long winter nights when maybe it's not going your way and you hit the ruts in the road. Yeah. And yeah. I remember last year uh, when the team was down in Florida and Carolina – and they got the wheels beat off them, and nobody was happy. They yeah. I don't think they were happy going into Florida. I don't, they certainly weren't happy when they came home out of Carolina. Yeah. And uh, that was a rough patch that I think could have gone either way. Luckily, thankfully for them, they bounced back. And I think certain guys can, you know, keep you afloat when it's going sideways. I think they've got more of that now. Oh, I agree. I agree. Coleman's the first guy that comes to mind with that, but mm. you're, you're Lucic. He's got a calmness uh, about Kadri. him, too, Ka- uh, Coleman, doesn't he? He's, so He's got a standard. He understands. Oh what it takes, yeah. and how to weather storms. And how to buy into a role. Yes. You know, I, I still think, you know, this coach is always talking about pairs and how the only pair he doesn't really want to mess with is Backlund and Coleman. And I, I just think, I think K- Coleman is capable of more than just being a third liner in this league. I, I think everybody would agree with that. It speaks to the depth on this team when they're putting him in the third line and he's okay with that. But uh, I, I just still think I would love to see him get a shot on the mm. second line or even the first line at some point. And we may see that. I think you're going to see a, a roving cast of characters move in and out of that top Because six. of the pairings. Because of the pairings. Uh, because, you know, the, the first thing Daryl said to me when I spoke to him this, this year when he did his first interview, he said, we need to find out if Huberdeau 
is a Lindholm guy or a Kadri guy. That is still at the core mm. of what he is trying to find out mm -hmm. right now. We have all anointed Lindholm and Huberdeau the pairing on the top line. The coach is not convinced. He needs to be. He needs to be shown that that's the right duo. Well, he's the only one that needs to be convinced. And once he is, <clears> then I think everybody will fall on side with that and get on board because if he sees something, the one thing you got to give a lot of things you got to give Daryl credit for, but the way he manages his bench and his lines and his matchups, mm -hmm. it's impressive. And he's got that touch of realizing who in that moment, not just now here before the season is going to play with, but in that moment, who's going that night, who's playing well with who. I mean, there are a lot of examples last year alone, forget about throughout his entire career, but last year alone, you'd say, Boy, that was a brilliant move for him to play him with him and, and switch things up. And uh, there's you got to tip your cap to that because that's a feel for the game that he has like few others. Well, over the course, we're speaking to Ryan Leslie, of course, and, uh, we're, you know, that, that happened over the weekend, of course. We haven't discussed that, but, of course, Daryl Sutter got signed to his extension, his multi-year oh, yeah. extension. And it, I, don't, I don't think it's a huge story just because I think everybody knew he was coming back. Everyone knew he was going to be here for more than just this year. Uh, but to get it, you know, in, uh, on paper is, is, is important, and they did it. And, you know, that was something that, you know, Daryl has always just – the standard that he has set in this city, there's no one who can question it, right? I mean, mm. this organization is where it is right now. The excitement level is where it is right now, all because of the structure he's put in place. And he uses that word a lot. Well, it's a combo. It yeah. is exactly that, but it's also what True Living's been For able sure. to do. And we have news now. Doot, doot. Do we have a stinger? There's a Pat Steinberg Right stinger. now, breaking news on Sportsnet. Breaking news. Calgary Flames have re-signed Michael Stone. Does it say the terms? One year. Nine years. What? One year. <laughs> eight million? One year. One year AAV, two-way deal, $750,000. There it is. So, so that's – people wanted that – you know, that news for a long time. They wanted that story. That means that he'll almost certainly be in that lineup day one as he lined up today in practice, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was he was playing on that third pairing with Zadorov. And, you know, the, you know what you're getting with him. You're getting a yeah. good soldier. You're getting a pro. You're getting a guy who in the postseason elevated his game. You're talking about this preseason where he was on a PTO and he got the job done. The guy is playing hungry. He doesn't want to go anywhere else. Yeah. He's got a family. Turned down offers in the past. Um, to go elsewhere, here he is. And you know exactly what you're getting with him. And he's a veteran with a cannon who's going to be a good pro when he's in the press box a few nights in a row. And when you need him to be serviceable, he gets the tap, he comes in, and he gets the job done. You root for guys like this. Yeah. And, you know, what's always was so interesting in camp when he basically was open and honest. He has been for several years about this. I'm not going anywhere else. Right. So basically I sign here or I retire, you know, and boy, that, that raw honesty, like any, any agent in the league would say, don't be saying that out loud. We need leverage. We need leverage. And I still think that if he was willing to go other places and he really wanted, you know, really gave it a shot. I think that he could probably go play two, three, four years somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Cause I think he's that good. And he's stuck in a city where <laughs> it's the deepest defensive core in the league. Um, anyway, good on him. Excited. There's but how the about that? I mean, that, what does that say, too, that deep defensive core, and he's a part of it? Yeah. He's number six. How many times have people said this guy's done? Well, that's the other thing. For how many years? And on the weekend, of course, you know, we're, 
Yusuf Alamaki they lost. You know, I, I know that you I were real close with him. The other with day. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I thought the world of him too. You know, there's probably a lot of mixed emotions, but I hope deep down that, well, you'll, you can tell me, but this is a huge blessing for yeah. him. I spoke, with him, I spoke with him when he was at the airport uh, getting ready to head to Arizona. He was thrilled, as you might yeah. imagine. No ill will, no bad blood, no hard feelings. Yeah. This was just the realities of a couple of major injuries, uh, COVID, certain things setting him back, um, didn't play the way he would want, uh, probably wasn't going to be on the same page with the head coach. Yeah. Guess what? This is the classic case of a new start is exactly what he needs. Now yeah. he needs to make the most of it mm-hmm. and get down. He's got some familiarity with some players down there. He's talked to the coach. He's talked to the GM. He is a uh, another good kid who you root for, yeah. um, but really needs to get his game back on track. Um, you know, the injuries can heal, Eric. Yeah. But b- between the ears, you got to get right after those injuries. And I think mentally he's got to get a little bit more uh, dialed back into where he was and get his development <laughs> and his trajectory back on course because it, it kind of lost his way there. Yeah. And there was a number of factors. So mm-hmm. get, get yourself wrapped around it mentally that you're in a new place, which he is. He's thrilled. He's excited. He feels like a refresh. He's grateful for this opportunity. But that frees up some dough here. You see Michael Stone now with a new deal, and 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 certainly uh, Flames fans have yeah. to like this blue line. I think it worked out for both people, both mm-hmm. sides. You know, yeah. I, I think that the Flames, you hate losing a first rounder via waivers, uh, but at the end of the day, it opened up cap space. Here we have Michael Stone. Valimaki wasn't playing here anytime soon with this coach. Ryan Leslie, thank you, my friend. I look forward to uh, hitting the airwaves with you starting on Thursday. We'll yes. be doing the intermissions. You're the host with the most. You will be all season long. You'll be traveling. You're excited about that. And uh, we'll be talking a whole lot more as the season goes on. Looking forward to having you on board again with us on the television side. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. There he is. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Brad Trilliving. He just signed Michael Stone to a one-year, two-way contract for $750,000. We'll ask him why. (laughs) No, we know why. We'll ask him a little bit about uh, that situation and so much more. You're listening to The Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta, live standard bread racing every Friday and Saturday at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino and at Track 2 in Lacombe. Every single Sunday, thehorses.com, 18+. plus. Please play responsibly. And, of course, a reminder, Saturday is the Super Finals at Century Downs. $350,000 on the line for Alberta's best. Okay, you're listening to Sports at 960, The Fan. This is the Eric Francis Show, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Eric Francis Show. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the first half hour uh, with Ryan Leslie. Uh, breaking news just in the last five minutes. The Calgary Flames have signed Michael Stone to a one-year, two-way contract, $750,000. And the man who signed him to that deal is joining us now, Brad Living. Thanks, Brad, for joining us. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing good, Eric. How are you doing today? Good, good. Uh, true to your word, you had said in camp, before camp, you said, if you play well, we will find a spot for you. Is that basically what this all boiled down to with Michael Stone? Yeah. I mean, Michael, I know we've been down this path before, and it <laughs> seems like an annual thing. But, you know, Stoney's, a, Stoney's an NHL defenseman and a, and a real solid one. And, um, you know, as you said to everybody before the before camp started, you got to come in here and make the team and, and, uh, I mean, if you don't have a solidified roster spot, you're going to have to push somebody out. And, and I think anybody that watched us over the, over the, uh, 
over the preseason, I'd have to say that Mike Michael pushed him way, his way into that top seven grouping right now. And uh, and then you you look at that, Eric, and then you look at you know you know the situation with Oliver Shillington, and we're, and we're just it's an unknown right now of when he'll be back. Um, obviously, Yusuf goes on to Arizona, so you know continuing to have a lot of depth there is something that we we wanted to have and, and make sure that we had depth there. So. Um, you know, good for Michael and, and good to officially have him back. So you mentioned Yusuf Valimaki. That was the other news on the weekend, aside from signing Daryl Sutter to an extension. You uh, you exposed Yusuf Valimaki on waivers, and I don't think it surprised anyone in your organization. It certainly didn't surprise me that someone decided to snap up a, a defenseman who had been taken in the first round. Uh, how bittersweet is that sort of thing? I, I mean, it opened up cap space for Michael Stone, but uh, also losing a guy who you invested quite a lot in over the years. Well, it's disappointing when, you know, first of all, when it, it doesn't go the way you'd hope it goes, right? And uh, I think, you know, Yuso had a really strong start um, to his career here and then got, you know, it was, a, it was a bad run of luck here with some injuries and some, some significant ones. And... Um, you know, he wasn't just able to really get back to where we 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 know and where we saw him before. And um, you know, with the coaching change and Daryl coming in, Daryl hadn't seen him at the at the level that he'd been at. And uh, you know, like I said, it, it it was an unfortunate run of injuries here, some significant ones. Um, you know, so you have to get into an you finally get into a situation here where you know he he's he's at that time where. You know, his, he's got the rights now for waivers. We looked at um, the possibility of a of a uh, a trade, um, and that didn't come to fruition. And and so, you know, Arizona claimed him. I believe that was the only team that put in a claim that uh, for him. Okay. Um, and uh, and so it gives him a new opportunity. It gives him a new, you know, lease on life. I wish him the best. Um, you know, sometimes it works out that way. Obviously, when you select a guy in the first round, you don't want it ending it with him on waivers. Um, for for his sake, I hope I hope he can reclaim his, his you know where he where he was trending prior to going through those injuries, and, and it's an unfortunate situation. But we wish him, you know, we wish him all the best. Okay, so uh, we're talking to Brad Treliving, general manager of your Calgary Flames. Uh, you had said going into camp that. Uh, you wanted to see what you had in camp before you you continued uh, your your look previous to that, you know, looking around to see what you could do to make the team even better. And I know you're going to say no GM has ever finished tinkering or looking at other possibilities, mm-hmm. but what did you see in camp? Uh, and, and do you still feel like there are some holes that need to be filled potentially either within or, or maybe elsewhere? Well, I thought it was. Uh, I, 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 we, we got a good look at all of our people in camp. Um, you know, some did well. Some, you know, wish they could have probably done a little bit better. Um, the young players will continue to will continue to mature. Will continue to play. Obviously, we we'll watch them closely. So, what we'll do, Eric, is we'll continue to monitor them. I still think there's people internally that. You know, I know everybody makes a big deal of oh, the seasoning opening roster. Well, it that it, it 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 really that's just a poster roster that changes in ten minutes. You know, mm-hmm. um, so the people that were here that went down to the Wranglers, 
it's not to say that we're not going to see them again. They've got to go down there and play well and earn an opportunity back. Um, so we'll we'll still continue to monitor, you know, the internal, you know, the internal pieces we have. But I think um, if you look at our team right, excuse me, right now, I still I'd still like to see if there's a, you know, and it, and who knows when it can happen. But I think we need another forward. I do. I think we're, you know, in in some way, shape, or form in the top grouping. I think we've got depth. But I'd like to see us. Um, you know, that's that's an area we continue to, to to look at. So easier said than done. You know, nobody's called me to, today to just say, hey, how can I help you out and give you a, a really good player for nothing. Not yet. Um, okay. So uh, still waiting. But um, so that's how I see it. But we'll get into the season now, um, and uh, and get started. But you know, I hopefully hopefully people continue to push here with the Wranglers and. And we'll get out and look in the marketplace and see, uh, you know, as everybody, every other team's doing the same thing, is seeing if there's ways to, to help themselves. Yeah, yeah, of course. Now, tell me, I, I asked Daryl this today because, you know, I, I don't think it was a great camp for your team. Preseason games, I, I don't take stock in scores or anything like that. But I think what you wanted to see in camp, and correct me if I'm wrong, was you're, first and foremost, you're hoping for uh, chemistry. And uh, and you're also hoping to see how the lines can be formed, which is a part of chemistry. I don't I don't know if you got a lot of answers in that vein. And the coach said, "Well, I'm not so concerned because even over the last three practices, I've seen us grow leaps and bounds on the details, but also chemistry and all these other things." Would you do you think I'm way off when I say it wasn't a great camp in terms of answering questions? No, I disagree. I think it was a it was like chemistry is not going to just happen, right? I, no. I think it was a it was a good camp in the sense that, you know, I, I liked how our, our our guys went about their business. I mean, it, you can tell, and you're there, you know, you're there every day. It's a working group, right? They they, it's a working group, and uh, so I like how they go about their business. I think we got to look at a lot of different things in camp. Um, for me, I would like to seen, I'd like to seen some younger people push a little harder, make decisions a little bit harder for us. Um, that you know, like I said, those you'd like to see that, but they're still you know those are still young people. Um, I I would agree wholeheartedly with Daryl. I think even for me, the last even before the the Winnipeg games, I started to see some things coming in, um, you know, coming into focus a little bit more in the practice sessions, and that's one of the challenges too. We, you know, you're trying to evaluate people in camp. Camp really to me is 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 two main points. You're trying to evaluate young people um and then you're trying to you know you're trying to get your team together and when you've made as many changes and when there's as much change um with our as there is with our group you're trying to get that group together because the only way you can get smooth out the rough edges is get rough edges is getting a lot of reps and you have to get down to a workable number so i think as we as as the camp you know, as we as we got down in bodies, and you saw more NHL guys together on a regular basis, um, I, I I think the last really the last four or five days for sure, you've seen a little bit more chemistry. You've seen people get a little bit more comfortable with each other. Um, you know, we had some. In, you know, we didn't have. You know, Manch didn't play for the last couple of games. You know, Tanny didn't play for the last couple of games. So I think you're incorporating these guys. Um, so I I was really happy with the work. Um, I think what we got, we got needed what needed to be gone, or we got what we needed to get. Yep. But at the end of the day, 
you never really know these answers till you get into live bullets, right? You know, yeah. you, who knows? So, you know, I think we're 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 in a good we're in a good place, and it's just gonna it's gonna take some real, you know, live uh, live action to 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 get everybody comfortable with everybody. All right, he's Brad Trilliving. I'm Eric Francis. We do the show every Monday at one till two o'clock. This is a kind of a bonus edition because of Thanksgiving. Got bumped to Tuesday, but uh, wanted to ask you. You kind of answered it probably earlier when you said that you're still looking for another forward. Are, are you prepared as an organization for the possibility, the very real possibility in my mind, that goals are going to be at much more of a premium this year? Uh, I, I guess that goes without reason when you lose two thirds of, of the best line in hockey. What was am I? What was the question now? Are, are goals going to be at more of a premium for you? Are they going to be harder to come by for your team this year? Well, you would you would think so, right? Mm-hmm. Compared to last year, when you take you just look at the goals that we lost out. Uh, now, I know there's a lot of people sitting here last time, last year at this time, saying, "Well, this team's never going to score," um, <laughs> and they found ways to score. So, I but 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 just the reality is, um, you know, when you look at the production that that that's no longer here, you had two guys scored forty goals, forty plus goals. Um, now you you would say okay if everybody was back how we were last year, is everybody going to score forty goals again? I don't know, maybe maybe not. Um, so I think we 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 certainly um, you know we got to try to find some more offense throughout the lineup. Um, you know when I talk about where I'd like to see us, you know you know you're always looking for for offense, right? You're always looking to add people that can bring some offense. And again, is that is that down the road, a young player coming in and, and helping is that is that an outside addition? Who knows? We'll we'll see. Um, but I think that's certainly one thing when we made the when all the changes happened at the end or over the course of the summer, is you look at it and you you know you don't have to look too far to say okay, what was the production of those that were were leaving and and how do you make that up? So you don't I don't think you're looking at one person say okay you're gonna be you need a little bit more from everybody else you need a little bit you need you know, you need 10% more, 5% more pr- from everybody else throughout the lineup. And, and uh, but it also goes back into our team play. And so, you know, if you're not going to score as much, how are you going to be successful? Well, hopefully um, you're going to, you're going to be buttoned down. And we were a pretty buttoned down team last year. Now, when you look at a lot of the games, goals that were scored, you know, you don't, we, there were some games that got out of hand for us in a good way in terms of, you know, Taking it from three one to four five six and seven one, um, I think we're, we're the way our team at least looks to me um, at the early stages is we're going to have to win a lot more of those close games, and yeah. we're going to have to play a real sound defensive game. And and I do think, now having said that, I do think between our goaltending, our defense, you know, the, the the way we check that we've we've got the ability to do that. Now it's going out and applying ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in that vein, uh, in terms of finding more offense, uh, the breaking news about 20 minutes ago, the Calgary Flames signed uh, Michael Stone to a one-year contract <laughs> extension, $750,000, a two-way deal. And uh, I think he led your team in goals in the preseason. So obviously that's uh, that's going to be a big boost to your goal scoring this year. <laughs> it's amazing how much he finds the net, you know, in his limited time. Um 
what a fan favorite he is. I'm sure you had lots of people coming up to you over the course of the last week or weekend saying, when are you going to get that done? I'm glad you're getting that done. Let me ask well, you about Daryl. The one thing, too, just on, finally on Stone, is, 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 you know, and Don Maloney and I, you know, Don's, Don drafted him when we were in Phoenix, and we've seen Michael, but he's really, you know, and players, you know, as they, as they get older, they, you know, they understand even more and more their, their strengths, and, you know, he's really learned to sh- to really be uh, shoot the puck more and, and made a yeah. concerted effort to shoot the puck whenever he can. And I can tell you, there, you can count on one hand how many people have got a harder and a better shot than him um, from the point. It's as, it's as, it's as lethal as, as there is. And, and he's learned now, because um, I know when he was younger, we'd say all the time, Stoney, you got to shoot, you got to shoot. You know, you, you, you don't have to ask him twice now. And, uh, you know, that's how you score goals is you put it at the net and, and second opportunities and those things. So, um, yeah, it's good to, good to have that big shot back there. Yeah, and it's it's funny. People in this city had seen that big shot dating back to when he was with the Hitmen. And then you saw him yeah. when you were yeah. in Arizona. And so, yeah, yeah it's no, uh, it's not a surprise to you. But, yeah, the fact that he's using it a lot and so effectively is uh, it's just amazing how popular he is in this city. People love that yeah. story. Uh, Daryl Sutter, am I safe in assuming that that was a pretty quick negotiation as well? Uh, well, we Daryl and I talked about it, you know, really at the end of the year last year, and uh, you know, we 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 certainly wanted to get that done, and, and he wanted to get it done, and you know, there's a process you got to go through it. Listen, he's in my mind, as I've said it many times, I think he's one of the top coaches in the league. I think he's, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach, and those, you know, those don't come around very often. And uh, you know, but we, so we, we talked, we talked right at the end of the season. We talked throughout the summer, knowing, knowing the, you know, sort of the the batting order and the hit list that we had in terms of getting some players' contracts done. So, um, you know, I, it was, it was, it wasn't. Uh, you know, Daryl. Daryl was 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 great in terms of working through the process, and and uh, we were able to get something done, and and uh, very happy that we did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when when are you announcing your new contract? <laughs> well, I don't think anybody's too concerned about the we worry about the players and uh, and all them. So we'll uh, we'll get that one figured out whenever uh, that's the appropriate time. Okay, okay. I figured you'd uh, deflect that one. <laughs> I like it. Um, the uh, on a side note, uh, saw a post from uh, Kelsey Snow this morning saying that Chris Snow spent the night in the hospital.